Witches, welcome to Jabberk. Today we have the gorgeous and talented Maskfish. How are you? Great. Okay, so I have a question. What is Maskfish? Is that like fish tacos? What is that? Uh, so Maskfish uh, is a name that I adopted because in around like 2012, um, a friend sent me an article jokingly uh, that gay men instead of catfishing people they were mask fishing people on grinder so um in their picture they would look like super masculine like jock but in person they would be like very feminine and i thought it was very funny and i just loved the name so i just made it my instagram handle i just went with it decided to be an artist and it kind of just everything kind of just blended together because that is me a very effeminate person but on the outside i i probably appear more masculine than I am. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I totally mask fished so many guys back in the day. <laughs> yeah. They should put the, you know, we should send a letter to Grinder and send them a thing. Like we need to put like a little mask fit or maybe just even fish on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I teeter between both, you know, it depends on the day of the week, how I'm feeling, the vibe. Awesome. So where are you from? I'm from Annapolis, Maryland. Um, my dad is in the Navy, so he moves around a lot, but, um, Annapolis, Maryland has the Naval Academy. So that was always kind of like home base and where we'd, uh, always end up. Tell me a little bit more about your background. Um, well, ethnicity, I'm Polish and Mexican. Hi. Um, but growing up, you know, I was kind of always a loner. I, uh, I'm one of four kids. Uh, dad was always, you know, um, stationed somewhere else. So it was really kind of my mom raised us by herself while working. And uh, since we moved around a lot, I didn't really like get a lot of time to make friends. So I was just by myself a lot. Um, and um, that's kind of where I, I fell in love with music because it was just something to do you know how I spent my time I would I would come home from school and then just listen to a tape or cd or the radio and just like be, be my, by myself in the room what were you listening to as a kid the music that I listened to kind of coincided to where I lived and kind of the group of people that accepted me I was very uh strange awkward feminine boy um so not only was it hard to make friends because I would move every year to a different place, but also I was a strange creature. Um, and there was always like a, a type of um, niche group that would accept me. So um, uh, some places I lived, like I would listen to uh, punk and screamo because those were the kids that adopted me. Um, I would listen to rap and hip hop because those were the girls that adopted me. So it kind of just went with whatever my friends were listening to. I was really into musicals. I was really into the Bee Gees. It, it like it kind of just was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Have those types of music influenced your style of music today? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of my strongest points is I genuinely just love all music. There's not a genre that I'm just dislike. If there's a good song in it, that I could really relate to it. Um, and I think that making my own music, even though it may 
be one specific genre of house. Um, I'm pulling from influences from pop and disco and hip hop. Um, and it's all because I've just, I just have this huge love of all music. It's incredible. I can relate to you with that. Um, my, my cousin who owned a music shop in my town where I grew up in, in Montebello, California, um, she had a, a music shop. Her, it was called Mojo Music Rising. And as a teenager, you know, like when you're, it's like the most nourishing time for a young person to be exposed to all those different types of music. I was exposed to country music, rap music, punk, alternative, and being in a setting like that, I played everything. She let me play um, DJ. I was a DJ when I was like 13, playing like in the store, playing almost everything you could think of just because I wanted to hear like the, like the look and feel of it. Like imagine walking in the mid nineties like in this like punk era, like, you know, like where you're walking down the street and there's a music shop right there and then like blasting Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah. I was that kid. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Do you have a mentor growing up um, for music? You know, um, no. Uh, I would say like the only kind of uh, mentor that I had would be, that I can like relate to would be like Lady Gaga. That was like the first time that I ever saw an artist and like was obsessed with every move, every thing that they they did. But like actually having like an in-person uh, guide me through life. Like I didn't really have that. I was like very much a loner. Um, and it was really just the radio and then the internet that kind of guided me through my interests. So you're a kid that came from the internet. The internet was like so new for me growing up. I did, I really we didn't really have it. We had it like maybe the, towards the end in high school. Everything was just, I had to we had to go search for things like on our own. <laughs> yeah, um, I yeah I was definitely like using the internet, and I think fourth or fifth grade. Before that, I definitely I do I was I the radio was like my biggest resource and I would like record cassette tapes and like make my own like mixtape of all my favorite songs I would play. And I would just like sit at the radio all day and just record every like song that I wanted to hear later. And then I think uh, in late elementary school, middle school is when LimeWire was around and then I would download songs from there and I'm sure viruses that came with it. I fucked up. I don't know how many computers with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, and then, like, by the time I was in high school, um, probably even, like, middle school uh, is when MySpace came about. And, uh, yeah, was all all over that. I used to love MySpace. It was was cool when MySpace was cool. But then it it got Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah, it happened so fast, the fallout of MySpace. I don't... Facebook really took over, which really I say is the demise of the internet. I mean, that's where we are now where it's just like a cesspool. But yeah, MySpace was just so pure and fun. And it really just like within a second was just not cool anymore. I used to love to make like little like moving pictures on my page. There was like, it was like a parade. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we were all coding before we even knew what coding was. We were like selected. It was it was really uh, what a t- great time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going on to like this one guy's um, 
Paige that I used to have a crush on in high school. And he used to put naughty pics in his, in his like parade thing. And so like, mm-hmm. I would be like, just like that one perv kid, just like, like w- waiting there at home. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, look at, like, like with my friends, I'm like, look, 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 look. I swear I saw a pic and it was just like, <laughs> like a dick in there. And I was like, I was like, look, look. <laughs> um, I lost my virginity to a guy on MySpace. Really? Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Um, it, Cause that was a, another thing, the beauty of, I think, uh, MySpace, at least for me, but like, I think being a gay kid, um, I didn't, I, this was like pre-grinder. Um, so it was like, I, there wasn't, I think there was maybe like two other gay kids in my, in my school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a great way to chat and meet other gay people. And I met one that was like an hour or two hours away. And eventually we met up and lost my virginity. Oh. That's how it happens. How old are you? Mm-hmm. 30. Okay. We're not too far away. When did you get into music and how? I mean, it's just always been a thing. Like I've, I've been in deep thought about like, uh, when did I decide that I wanted to be a musician? And it was, yeah, one of those things where I can, it was just always what I wanted to do, what I thought of myself. Um, I, I, from I think third grade was always in band classes, um, uh, chorus classes. Uh, it's what I fantasized and imagined. Like it was just always what I wanted to do. It's great that you knew what you wanted to do at a young age. I, mean, I don't think a lot of people have that ability to know what they want and to like thrive and like go into that direction. I think that's, that's awesome. So can you tell me a little bit more about your style? Um, well, my style, um, I mean, I really kind of leaned into the whole mask fish thing when I decided to become a DJ professionally. Uh, it just kind of everything kind of fell into place. Um, and I was really able to own in on it more exactly what that is. Um, and so uh, it's really... I mean, everything with me is a is a juxtaposition and, you know, a paradox, but I like to be like really clean and simplistic, but at the same time, kind of cartoony um, and uh, bright colors, <laughs> whatever that means, like put together. What's your process like for setting up for a song or a set? I try not to think about it too much. I would say I'm a big overthinker. And um, I really just kind of provide as much as I can. Regarding like sets, it depends on kind of what the performance is. If it's like a really major performance for me and like maybe just an hour long set time, then I do kind of pre-plan it um, just because it is such a short amount of time. But if it's like where, uh, where I usually work is West Hollywood, and those tend to be like, five hour sets I don't really think about it I kind of just uh I have my music semi-organized into categories and when I get into a venue I kind of just feel the vibe and try to feel the energy and see what people respond to in the first 30 minutes and by that time I kind of 
catch on to be okay this is what they want to hear tonight mm-hmm. and i kind of just play to that That's um in cool terms of, so you make the set according to the audience then yeah i well so i think that there are two different types of djs how they operate there's ones that actually want to do crowd work they really go for the crowd uh, which is what i'm describing which is like i'm listening i'm paying attention and i'm seeing what people want to hear for the night and i'm working with that and then there's other djs that will pre-plan their entire set and there's nothing wrong with either one the way i feel is when i first started i did pre-plan my set because i would get so nervous that i would mess up that i would pre-plan everything but the issue with that is you have to have a lot of confidence that the songs that you're pre-planning are going to kill because I've been in situations where there's like 10 people in the club and if you pre-plan a set and you're going to play this like really intense big room song for 10 people that that's gonna for me that would seem super awkward um so you just have to do what works for you. I personally like the room to pivot for the situation that I'm in. Can I be honest with you on something? I yeah. went to one of your shows before, but I was so fucked up. <laughs> I was just in my little like bubble of friends. And we're just having a good time. I, I I can't really say that. I remember I remember seeing you, but yeah. I I was too, I was too fucked up to do anything. And we're only there for like maybe an hour or so. And so we I I had to leave. <laughs> well, I mean, as I, long know, as I you, knew it was fun. Yeah, that's the thing. Is as long as you don't remember anything bad happening, that's okay with me. Yeah, that that goes with the DJ and the bartender. They're just like really working together. Hmm. Well, you know, actually, what I kind of play to is because there are, I'm still new. And I don't think it actually goes away because I've heard bigger DJs talk about this too. Um, Sometimes you just can't control the size of the room, you know? Uh, And when there is nobody there, um, what I've learned to do is I actually kind of play to the go-go dancers because and, and the bar staff too, but primarily the go-go dancers, because if the go-go dancers are happy and getting their life, then people are going to come in. You know, that's, that's the most that I can do to control the situation of the crowd size is um, working with the go-go dancers to make sure they're happy, make sure they're dancing well because they're the ones that kind of almost act like those inflatable balloon men at car uh, (laughs) dealers to get people in so working really playing to them uh helps a lot too yeah um fun fact if you follow mass fist on instagram you will see like when he's performing he always does a little spotlight on a go-go boy's booty usually when they're always when he's on so check that out it's a great way for me because i'm like i again another paradox but i i don't really like to be 
like at the forefront when I'm performing. Like I'm never on the mic. I'm not, I'm not an MC. I like my, I like to just like play really good music, even though I like to look good and I like to like, you know, be an artist. Um, I don't necessarily like to have the spotlight on me when I'm performing. And so that is a great way for me to like, instead of filming myself, like DJing, uh, is to film a go-go boy DJ. And so that way I can promote the night and promote that I'm like actually doing something. I think you're being super modest right now because ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest, Mass Fish is also a model in the Los Angeles area and I photographed you a few times and you yeah. are like you just all you gotta do is just take off your shirt and you you're ready to go yourself well I think it's like a weird again overthinking things but it's I guess I just think in my head like uh, I don't want people to think that I'm like just got this job because uh somebody thought I was good looking and so it's like I try to tone it down um in order to like let my talent shine through and perhaps I don't have to do that. Maybe that's something that I need to talk to my ther therapist about. I agree. You need to, because what's coming out of the speakers speaks for itself. You know, like you may have like this great aesthetic and your aesthetic is, you know, like who you are as an individual, but what you're pumping out of the speakers, that's your form of art and how people are reacting. Literally the Google -Go boys are like, they like that coincide with that entertainment. Obviously if everything's going together, like you're doing your job and you're doing, you know, your justice. Right. Yeah. So what will people expect from a show if they were to attend? Always like good vibes. Um, always a different environment that I'm DJing in. So sometimes I DJ to um, a really majority straight audience. Sometimes it's more of an electronic music crowd. Other times it's like a bar crowd. Um, so I play a different variety of music. Um, sometimes it's top 40, sometimes it's more electronic. Uh, oftentimes it's usually a blend of that, but it's always gonna be um, a little cunty, um really high energy really fun I like a lot of words a lot of lip syncing um it's just um I like to say that I try to emulate an era of clubbing that like when I first started to go into clubs which is like 2011-2012 where clubs were like a really um exuberant experience um lots of dance remixes so I try to emulate that I try to like bring like a really turnt uh energy you said 2010-2011 why were you so late well that's when I was 17 you didn't have a fake so idea. that's when I could um, you have a fake no idea. I didn't and I'll no I'm also like a good boy uh <laughs> for the most part I'm not like a rule breaker um, even though I did start going to clubs when I was 17, um, and I do break a lot of rules, I also am like very like, you know, uh, paranoid. So no, I didn't have a fake ID, but, uh, that's when I started going to clubs, um, in, uh, Washington, DC and, uh, Baltimore. And, um, yeah, I don't know for me, I mean, that is just my experience. I don't know what came before me, but like, I just was enamored by like you know the pop dance remixes that were happening uh the 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 lasers and the lights um it just 
because uh, at that time too, it was also like a really big boom of electronic music becoming mainstream pop acts themselves and not just the remixers. So I think that also had to play to it where everything was getting so much bigger. Um, and I try to just dive into that about how I felt as a uh, consumer of that. So now it's like, well, how do I provide that energy now to the people that are coming to my shows? Has social media helped you gain your exposure? Uh, both. Um, you know, I'm not great at social media. I will say that I, I mean, it's, it's a necessity in this, in this, any entertainment field. And so it does help me connect with people, um, get gigs, let people see who I am just from my Instagram. But that's really the only social media that I use um i have a tiktok i have no idea what to do on tiktok uh i see so many uh tjs that do like these mixes and stuff and i just it's i've tried it it is just not for me um i i like cannot do it i don't like doing it um i can't that's the thing is i don't know how to condense what i do into a 15 second video because it's like oh let me show you how to make this song well really it's taking me like two weeks to make this song and most of it is me literally listening to an eight bar loop moving things around it's not exciting so i don't know how to make that exciting so that where it hinders me where i see people blow up and i see people give these opportunities uh through doing that and that's where i've had kind of not doing great but at the same time my instagram i think uh just having that and being able to post where i am weekly uh and yeah just showing little highlights of of my work uh has helped me get other gigs mm -hmm. i think if you are going to do anything on TikTok or anything like that, just do whatever the fuck you want. Because I have a video on my TikTok where it's just like me eating a banana and then there's somewhere in the room, there's a fart and that's it. <laughs> just completely stupid. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I, that's what people say. It's like, you just can't think about it. And it's like, well, that's all I do is think about things. It's overthink things. So I don't know. I, I try. Take a risk. Yeah. So where were you two years ago? But that's actually where this all started. Um was two years ago because that was the pandemic. Um that's when everything shut down. And so I mean, I say that I always knew I I wanted to do music and be an artist, but uh I stopped pursuing music when I was 21, 22. And I just was a bartender. Um and I was just kind of moseying about life i i figured i would work in entertainment i was i moved to la i was going on just acting auditions modeling just kind of living life on idol uh and it wasn't until the pandemic happened where i wasn't able to work that i kind of was alone with my thoughts and um kind of just had a conversation with myself and like what am I doing with my life and one of those was like why am I not why did I stop pursuing music um and I kind of just got started from there um and started learning how to uh 
produced on a computer, learning how to DJ. And that's where it kind of steamrolled into where I am today, where I'm actually, you know, doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I think, I think we started talking like two years ago, right? Like in the, during the pandemic. And I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like we, we did, we did something for a client and then I, I had you on my board forever. And when I showed you to the client, they're like, yeah, we want him. And I'm like, okay, let me reach out to him. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's when we started talking about like, you're getting into music and, and finding your path. So what's day in the life of Massfish? Um, it's that similar to that of a house cat. Um, are you in your bed all the time? And I nap a lot. Um, basically, it's like I'll do uh, a chore or an errand, then take a nap. I'll do a chore or an errand, take a nap. Um, I'll work on music, then take a nap. I'll work on music, take a nap. Yeah, it's, it's really just a uh, cycle of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very sleepy person. <laughs> uh, what's your dream client? That That is an interesting question. Well... I'll say right now, um, my goal is to do festivals. So um, Insomniac and Ultra are kind of like the biggest ones. They do EDC and Ultra Miami. And I think that is like kind of right now where I'm laser focused is, okay, how do I get to that point? How do I uh, perform with them and do do those shows? That's awesome. Um, Where exactly are you looking like what like are you looking at like a specific city or a specific area well i'll tell well i'll tell you um my ultimate goal is to play at um tomorrowland um in belgium uh uh, which is like the biggest electronic festival in the world um and that is like kind of like my long-term goal right now and like what I kind of like try to manifest is okay how do I get to that stage that is so funny that you just said manifestation and whatnot I might cut this out but like I got an offer in Belgium there's like a whole witchy side of me I have like all my handbook my little stuff and whatever and I've been manifesting work and everything and one thing that came up was one of my producers was like hey I have this thing in Belgium would you want to do it? And I was like, I have a fucking passport. I'll do anything. Shit. Where, 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 yeah. where do I need to go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of just what I've been doing. And I don't say I, I'm a huge believer in it, in it too. And, uh, but it kind of guides you to that path. So like in terms of how I manifest, it's like, that's kind of like my big one. And then I kind of like break it down with like, okay, well, how am I going to get there? And it's like, just kind of manifesting, the little steps along the way while leaving room to, you know, let it guide me however it wants, as long as I get there. Yeah, exactly. That's like a whole other episode I want to do is power of the mind, because you have so much power that you don't even know you, you, you have. Mm -hmm. So um, considering this is, considering this is November 8th, uh, what do you have planned for the end of the year? So I like kind of get my gigs and bookings um, 
week of or a month in advance. So right now, like nothing. Uh, but like you, uh, more consistently, I'm always in West Hollywood um, weekly. Um, and for those, uh, you can just check out my Instagram and I always post where I'm going to be. Um, but manifesting <laughs> uh, some big shows for New Year's Eve. Hopefully I would love to like, so this is like my first year uh doing this professionally i left my bartending job at the end of uh, last year in december and i've kind of set all my goals of what i want to do uh this year and um i've been lucky enough to uh accomplish all of them um already um which was like tour in five different cities um release this original song uh make as much of an income as I was making bartending, stuff like that. I've I've been able to accomplish that, which is great. And it would be really special if um at the end of my first year that I could uh do an international city um and work there. So I would love a New Year's Eve booking for somewhere international. But uh yeah. Right. You love Puerto Vallarta, right? I do love Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. But um and let me tell you, I wouldn't I've, I would not turn down a gig for Puerto Vallarta, but uh, yeah, I would take it anywhere internationally. It would be super special, uh, really great moment. What's one thing you can't live without as an artist? Headphones. I can see that. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a little nap and we'll be right back. This is Everybody by Maskfish. Go stream it today. Available on Apple and Spotify. So we are back. You mentioned music festivals. Uh, is there anything else that you would want to pursue? Mastering making my own songs as well. Um, that's something that um, I'm really focusing on. And um, really kind of the goal of being at a music festival is... Um, DJing my own songs you know I DJ a lot of other people's songs and a lot of artists that I love it'd be really cool to do like a full set of my own songs that I've made usually all my songs are a little vapid <laughs> um but uh I think that's okay I think it's just it's like a lot of kind of bitch tracks um party music uh um so yeah it's just like kind of stuff to feel good and you know dance to and get fucked up to and that's kind of the music that i like to make right now yeah nothing like too uh too deep okay as long as it has a good beat and you're able to move to it right yeah right now do you have like a home base where you're performing in weho um so i do honestly everywhere i do motherload on Tuesdays, I do beaches on Wednesdays and Mickey's on Thursdays. So those are kind of like my 
spots that you can see me regular, regular, regularly. So everybody, make sure to go head over to WeHo and go check out Mastfish. Tip him, say hello to him, take a picture with him, follow him. Make sure to do all of that. So, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, <laughs> just I mean, just follow me on Instagram. Follow my journey. Um, it's ever evolving and changing, and just to have like uh, support is always nice and always helps me keep going. All right. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your life, your journey, your manifestation. <laughs> and thank you also for just being amazing and gorgeous. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> this is Jabber Podcast, executive produced by John Madison. Do you have a question, comment, topic, or story you want to share? We want to hear it. Email J-A-B-B-R pod at gmail.com or send us a dm on instagram or twitter at jabber pod this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone or their subtitle parties intro and outro la step by we